Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Greetings and welcome, Retroids of all shapes and sizes, ages, and demographics. Welcome to an episode of The Crow's Nest. I am joined here by my wonderfully spooky, spirited co-host, Parasite Steven. Ka-ka, ka-ka, ka I don't know. I just felt like, uh, you know, it's, it's New Year's for some reason. It's not, though. Um, it's July or August or something. Uh, mm. Anywho, hi. Mm. Hello. Hi. Oh, hi. Retro, retroids. Uh, retro Redox. Oh, you're, t- oh, you're talking to them. Uh, you're talking I, to them. Okay. Yes. Well, well, I'll talk to you in a second. Okay. Just, okay. just hold, hold on one second. Okay. Okay. I'll hold on to my butt. Okay, thanks. Uh, Retroids, we are here, Retro Octopus, as part of the Dorkening Podcast Network, as well as the Inebriate Podcast Network, and as always brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee. But for those longtime listeners, you know all that stuff already, but we got to share the love. But today, we are here to talk to you about uh, something kind of random, something apropos of nothing. Uh, you might think it's because of something else that came out recently, but it's kind of not. Uh, Parasite Steve and I just, you know, have have kind of been doing uh, a few of these episodes as the years have gone on. And this is going to be one of those. And by one of those, I mean an episode where we talk about an old video game that we've recently played. And we also talk about a movie component. You may have listened to our episode about Willow and and know something of the format. So I will I will dispense with any further introduction and say we are here to talk about Sweet Home. That is the 1989 Toho horror film and video game for the Famicom system. This this has nothing to do with Alabama. It does not. It has nothing to do with Leonard Skinnerd. It does not. It has nothing to do with uh, apple pie. Um, I'm not so sure if you thought it was. That's probably could, a little outside. You could I was thinking America. Some. I'm thinking America. Right. Lots of America right. stuff. Apple pie is up there. It but ain't America. No Statue of Liberties. But th- but there's there's stuff. There's a lot I mean, of stuff. A lot of other stuff <laughs> does happen in this uh Every subsequent time, movie and subsequent game based on every the time I hear Mirka, mm-hmm. I always think of Dr. Matteo in that video where she's just like eating and she just says, Mirka. Oh, she goes, Mirka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't not, I can't not hear that. Yeah, the, the listening audience won't ever see that video. It's a, it's just it's, a video. It's a personal. Bad. It's just, it's just a, it's just a, <laughs> It's a thing. It's a treasure. It's a treasure. <laughs> oh, God. It's so funny. Oh, man. All right. So, this 
while being nothing to do with America, Mm -hmm. uh, did have quite an impact on America in the form of what you may think our reason for doing this episode is, which if if you've read the title of this here podcast, hopefully we coordinated this, that this sentence makes sense right now. Uh, (laughs) This... This property, sweet. Sometimes home. it's hard remembering what we said the name <laughs> right. of the thing was going to be, right? And then we're putting it up, and it's like, wait, what did we say? What we do we want to do? I don't this? know. Call Shit. it uh, Fast Times at Oh Fagerbacky at- International. Like I don't know. <laughs> Fagerbacky, Bill Fagerbacky. How does he enter into this? I don't, I don't know. know. He, he doesn't. He's just got a great name. <clears throat> uh, but this property, sweet home, is the progenitor, the origin of all things Resident Evil. So true. Uh, which is something insanely uh, popular and impactful in America. You may um, have even heard of it. You have may have even be the evil resident. We don't know <laughs> you. I don't know um, if you're the evil resident. You might be. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. Uh, this uh, this movie was um, you know put out in the eight in, in Sweet, 1989. Sweet home. Sweet home. Sweet home. Sweet yes. home was put out in 1989. And uh, and a video game was also put out the same time to coincide. And the director of the movie, who is Kiyoshi Kurosawa, uh, he actually worked on the game as well. And just to just to focus on the tidbit of Resident Evil before we get into the the meat and potato of Sweet Home, <laughs> um, we say the, we like to say meat and potato. Meat and potato. We we like to save time. Oh, I gotta gotta save time. You know, in between <laughs> chewing on them meat and potatoes. Yeah, there's uh, only so much you can do at the same time. Oh, so much chewing yeah. you can do. I'm a multitasker, but there is a limit to the amount of tasks. There's a limit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah. So the the person who created Resident Evil, um, is uh credited as saying that he wanted to remake sweet home mm-hmm. uh there the video game that came out at the time that the movie was out in in 89 it was a survival horror scary kind of game that had a ton of atmosphere <clears throat> and was doing something that had never really been seen before for those of you who are gamers you may you know know about this game because it has been cited as the source of survival horror um, but for those of you who don't know, it's very impactful and it's a hugely popular genre. And Sweet Home, you know, in one way or another, was the the granddaddy of them all, mm. uh, which is pretty wild. Um, and and yeah, so the creator of Resident Evil is Shinji Mikami. And uh, and yeah, so you know, this this always has been kind of like an interesting subject for for fans of of Resident Evil. And uh, we're here and for actually, fans of history. Right, history buffs of, of history of gaming yeah. and, video, and, and movies and things like that. People but who like are, to know what came before the other stuff. Yeah, which is I the feel first like a stuff. lot of you, a lot yeah. of you out there here listening. You know, God, if yeah. you're not fans, then what the hell are you doing? What the hell? Um, this is the wrong show. This is the wrong show for you. You have entered the wrong door. But the other thing is, we are not here as you know, first and foremost, diehard fans of Resident Evil. That's not why we actually. Are, are you know interested in sweet home we are really huge fans of toho the company who made that's the right movie, you know the the fine purveyors of all things godzilla mm-hmm. uh q trademark creong sound 
I don't uh, think I have that, sir, on the sound bur- okay, board. Okay, I'll try. I'll do it. I'm sorry about that. That's oh, good. You ended it like a question. I was wondering if you were going to. Yeah, you have to. Good job. Uh, yeah, you got to. Yeah, he's always yeah, asking. It's really, it's all in the pronunciation actually. Because if you do the if you do the intonation wrong, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's actually um, a very a very not nice thing to say. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's a it's yeah. a it's an insult in yeah. um in Croatian. It is, which is uh, it's it's very very blue. It's a very yeah. blue thing to say. It really is, and that's mm-hmm. actually why Godzilla had so much edge in the 60s you know because with croatian audiences they really thought that they were that's why they made him do silly dances and shit it is yeah it was to try and break that break the tension so before before we we go too far though i do want to mention for those of you who are fans of the um 2020 apocalyptic south korean drama sweet home which is on netflix which i've heard of but i've not seen this is not related at all so if you were thinking yeah, so it's if you were thinking that uh, what we're talking about is either that or that it was perhaps an earlier version of that with the same title, it's actually completely, completely unrelated. Um, right. So the the South Korean show on Netflix right now is uh, you know similar to Resident Evil in that there is a zombie plague that's turning people into literally just random what whatever the fucks, um, but. Sweet Home, the movie we're talking about, is the Sweet Home 1989, which is Japanese, and uh, it is really different. It's not it's not a zombie thing. It's not a post-apocalyptic thing. It's it's really at at its core. It's a haunted house movie. That's what it yep. is. Like it's a Japanese haunted house story where you could it say definitely old, shares. You could say old dark house. It's an yep. old dark house type story, but those are not overly common. Yeah. In Japan, this is kind of a movie that even in the pantheon of Toho's non kaiju stuff, because for those of you who don't realize, um, yes, there are tons of Godzilla movies and they're all done by Toho. And that is primarily, I think, what people would know the company for if they know it at all. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't know, maybe maybe 15 or more, maybe more than that years ago. Uh, the two of us, Mr. Apit and myself, we kind of made it our business to seek out other Toho projects that were not Godzilla's, that were not Kaiju, that were other things. There's actually a ton of random ass movies. Some of them are just sci-fi. Some of them are horror. Some of them and, are fantastic. Um, some of them are not. That's very, very true. I mean, we had like favorites, uh, Matango, also known as uh like i think it's is it attack of the mushroom people oh or is it uh, curse of the mushroom i think it's attack of the mushroom people but matango is the japanese title love love we love matango yeah um there's lots of lots space, of good ones space amoeba is a non-godzilla but it is it's kaiju movie. and yeah, it is still, silly still but kaiju. it's it's so fun um and there's, there's some other ones like I mean, yeah the latitude zero latitude zero latitude and- zero is great it's got um yep. Uh, Cesar Romero, who played the Joker in the 60s Batman show, and um, got some really hilariously awesome bat people as the henchmen of the bad guy. I just love those bat people. But so there's a lot of really awesome sort of lesser known Toho movies. There's also a trilogy of uh, oh, the Peacock King, I don't think was Toho, was it? 
It it is. It is okay. Yeah, that those are those are weird. I'm, I'm but yeah, they're sure. a spirit war. I think it's called Spirit Warrior Peacock King or something. And then the second one's what Saga of the Phoenix, I believe. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, there's also a um, uh, in the late '60s they jumped, or maybe it's the early '70s they jumped on the the Hammer ba- bandwagon because Hammer was still really going strong with their Christopher Lee Dracula movies. So they started to, they're like, all right, we're going to make Dracula movies. And there's a trilogy of Toho Dracula movies. Uh, <clears throat> here, Dracula Dracula is in air quotes because there is no Dracula in any of the three movies. But um, they have various names, but the first one is The Vampire Doll, which I adore. And the second one's Lake of Dracula. And uh, I can't remember what the third one's called. They all have Dracula in the name in at least one of the titles. Like the alternate title for the vampire doll also has Dracula in it. Dracula in it. But um, very, very weird. They were trying a lot of stuff, I think, besides Godzilla. It's not like that's all they did. But Sweet Home is a movie that we learned about like during this time when we were finding all these, these, you know, other random properties out and checking them out. And a lot of them were at the time uh, pretty cheap on DVD. And we snagged a lot of them up. Yep. And uh, a lot of them are on Tubi now too. There's a lot of Toho stuff on Tubi. Yep. Um, you can actually see Matango. Matango's on Tubi if you're interested. Highly recommend. Wow. Highly recommend. But Sweet Home has never been released outside japan or at least it's never been released in america that's for sure they the movie which, or the game which is truly just insane because yeah. not only how much you know history it is it has lent itself to but of how frigging great both yeah. of those things are they're yeah. both very good very good movie and very yeah. good and worthwhile game yeah we are fans we are fans to the point where we are doing a crow's nest here we are <laughs> yeah so so we saw this movie for the first time around that time, uh, and it was it was on YouTube. That's that's how we were able to watch it. Somebody had had uploaded it, and it had subtitles. So yes, we watched it then, and I think we've watched it two times since. One of which was last night together. We watched yeah. it one more time. Yeah, last night as of recording, and it um, freaking held. It holds up. Oh, dude, it really does. I mean, you have such a you know a at that point an explored and and kind of you know scene genre of like okay it's a scary house right mm-hmm. and and you know th- that i think still to this day is got to be one of the hardest genres to keep interesting mm-hmm. um and and this movie I mean it goes know, back kinda, to the 20s like yeah. so we we've been making old dark house movies the world but not japan Right. Japan just never really did it. So this is like That's true. That's kind of I mean, okay, let's let's give credit where credit's due. There is the the 19, I think it's 77 uh movie House, which is yep. a pretty infamous movie. Yep. Um, and that um that does take place in a in a it's it's a haunted house movie. It's a haunted house it's a haunted, movie, yeah. It's a it's a haunted house movie on drugs. It's it's definitely like a giant trip, but right. it really it, it is its own thing. In all the ways, in every yeah. possible way, it's its own yeah. thing. Yeah. But um, it's like the, the movie that was like, I, I'm going to make a movie the way you're not supposed to do anything and prove yep. that you can make it that way, too. And they were right, because it is a very entertaining, very weird movie. But um, other than that, I cannot think of one like the vampire doll is sort of a haunted house movie, sort of. 
and I, and you know, I don't claim to be an expert on you know Japanese horror films of mm-hmm. of really any era, but yeah, you know, I I have not come across any kind of Japanese yeah, haunted just... house movies other than the you know House and mm-hmm. and Sweet Home, because um, it is a Western thing. So yeah. even when they made the few that they made, they were looking to the West. I think that's why they used Dracula in the title for those other movies, because they're like, oh, that's that's what you do. You like, let's appeal to a broad audience. And even Japanese people are going to be like, oh, we now have a Dracula or whatever. But like, you know, that that movie, The Vampire Doll, it, it is it is definitely in the neighborhood. But I think that House and Sweet Home really are the two to come to really compare it's like this did feel to me like it was looking back at house but also to a billion other movies that were made in the west like just so like you said there's just so many how do you how do you keep it interesting how do you how do you inject any any freshness into this yeah this corpse yeah right right exactly and i mean i think that the plot of the movie is pretty interesting because you have a a group of essentially like reporters and and like not investigators but they're basically going into this this home that there has been you know didn't they work for a tv station it's like a tv like documentary crew but right also that's just like yeah. they're, they're they're right that that's the better way to say yeah. it right yeah they're they're like a documentary crew but they're also there trying to like like they're not ghost hunters they're there to like no you know, photograph and take video and just kind of like document what is there because this was you know a house that had a lot of a lot of stories surrounding it there was disappearances surrounding it it has history there's there's kind of like a dark story here mm-hmm. um and and you know you kind of just have them coming at this house from like a very neutral place they're just here to to document and preserve you know and mm-hmm. uh and that kind of gives it like a, a a different kind of setup um and then as you know they're in the house the the kind of darkness and the story and everything what what kind of had happened on the premises comes to light and it's it's really really well done and i mean i'm like i'm very torn right now because i feel like i want to say exactly what happens but i also feel like enough of you probably haven't seen this that i would just Mm -hmm. say go on youtube and really watch the movie right Um, we'll still be able to talk about some other stuff but i like the the story is so much of why this movie is great that Mm -hmm. I honestly just want to leave that like intact. Right. I mean, I think like every good haunted house movie, they're there for another reason. Um, They're not, they're not there for, for ghost hunting. There, there is um, Shirley Jackson's the haunting of Hill house, which they are the crew. The cast is specifically there to document. Okay. Um, And which one was that? uh, the haunting of Hill House, the original. Um, oh, okay, not the not the show. Uh, no, the the original. You, you know what? No, the show is completely different. You know what? There are two that I get com- confused. One is Shirley Jackson's The Haunting of Hill House. The other one I think is just called Hell House, and I might be thinking of Hell or House, House. on Haunted Hill. Not no, also not, very similar. Not similar. House on Haunted Hill. Um, well, anyway, I think it's the Shirley Jackson one, but okay. um, they're they're like you know there to um, see if they can prove that they're a ghost. Most of the time, it's like oh, there's a there's a reading of the will. That's like a you know used common, often common used trope scenario. Yeah, um, you know, and lots lots of other just random things. Uh, the House on Haunted Hill with Vincent Price. They're there for a party. 
Um, and that's similar to what they did in Clue. Clue is kind of looking at that and it's like, yep. oh, they're there for a party, but they've been invited and there's also another layer. But those aren't ghost stories as much as murder stories. There's like somebody right. killing people. Um, right. But it's still, it's, you know, Old Dark House takes place in, in Old Dark House. But this this is like, okay, we're here to, we're here for the frescoes. We're not here for the fresca. Yep. The fresca was unplanned and it's just a happy accident. Uh, and we all we all can agree that you know grapefruit would be better <clears throat> if it had grapefruit sugar. Is so better than murder. I mean, it, well, it needs sugar. Is my well, that was what oh. I was going to say. Like oh, you know, come on, nature. Like stop, just stop. All right, <laughs> do better. We we expect better from you. But all anyway, right. like strawberries are pretty good. But anyway, um, so they're th- they're there for this, and then you know, bad stuff just starts happening, and they slowly uncover. You know to not give everything away, they slowly yep. uncover a mystery. Yep. And then it becomes about solving the mystery and surviving. But it's not just like we want to escape the house and leave because I think that they they can, but like one of the characters is now missing and they have to try to save one of the characters. Correct. Yeah, so I think they can leave at any time. It's like, yeah, so it's like we know what we have to do really is cleanse the house stop whatever is going on which is pretty fun and uh i gotta say without saying what the mystery is damn it's it's worthwhile like when you figure out when you learn what's truly happened like the bad history there's always bad history of the house right like why is this place the way it is the bad history is fascinating and it is truly something that i have not seen a million times before or ever before and it is absolutely cringeworthy it's like it's squirt you squirm it's like really nasty what happened like damn you know and and it's 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 great it that's that is the visceral visceral reaction you want somebody to have like you yeah. Congratulations, sweet home. You know. Yeah. You, yeah, and you, I, I, you made my skin crawl. <laughs> right. Like it, it's truly like a, a you know a series of you know throughout the the movie you get these just intensely graphic and well done effects that are just yes like yes. not stuff you've seen before and mm-hmm. very effective very like haunting like they stay yeah. with you you're just yeah. like oh jesus like you know some of it isn't even graphic necessarily it's just like disturbing. but some of it is oh, some of it's very graphic but some of it's just like disturbing imagery that you're like oh god yeah it's like fucking hard to look at and you know yep. there's just certain things throughout the movie that made me constantly go like wow this this mm-hmm. is so memorable you mm-hmm. know it's not just in the sea of stuff i've seen before and right. you know it is like I said, you know, it's hard in a haunted house genre, but it's just hard as, you know, media has existed for so many decades now that it's like you start to feel like you've seen everything. Mm-hmm. And and uh, this this movie, Sweet Home, really does have a great, great identity and has so many special um, moments that are, you know, disturbing. It's not like a, you know, a, a sweet movie. It's 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 definitely a horror film, but mm-hmm. um I, I really, really love what they did with it. And, you know, they they have a lot of different characters that are kind of in and out of the movie. Some of them do kind of feel like fodder. Um, some of them are a little bit more valuable. But, you know, I it, it's weird. It's like I don't feel 
terribly connected to the main cast. Not that I have anything wrong with them, but I, I, you do kind of get more connected to the house. Hmm. Like it's, it's weird. It's like, you don't, you don't feel good, but like the thing that I feel passionate about is what's going on in the house and what's happening there. Like the, 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 the main character, Emmy, who gets kidnapped, you know, you want her to be safe, but I haven't really gotten a, to really know a lot of the characters that much. They've just kind of popped into scenes here and there. And, you know, that's, that's it. There's, there are a lot of different characters that they're juggling. Um, but it's okay. Like, it's actually completely okay. Like, you're just kind of like along for what, what's happening to them. You're not waiting for them to die. It's not one of those movies mm-hmm. where you're just hoping that stuff, stuff bad happens to them. But what keeps you, you know, you, you come, you come for the characters and you stay for the house. You know, it's like, it's weird. It's, 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 it's different. It's a, it's, it's not, it's also a movie that it doesn't particularly take too long to get going. It sort of is interesting. That's true fairly quickly um certainly yep. within the first 20 minutes i mean it's like you're there and you get um, some great imagery with the with the fresco the fresco you know, yeah like, the, like there's these yeah. fresco paintings in the yeah. house and it's like you get to see that so quickly yeah and holy and shit the, what an image yeah there's one the main one that they uncover is is really just absolutely insanely gorgeous it's really beautiful cool. yeah but but yeah i mean like because this this movie is kind of like up and down in its tone uh, it's more consistent than house house is really up and down. Right. I mean, it's, it, it goes Wild from swings. being like a drama, like a, like a, a, a weird, like goofy soap opera, like over the top melodrama to um, a horror movie. That's actually scary to a cartoon. It's just like a yep. Warner brothers cartoon. Like it just is all over the map. And this does have some, some swings in tone, mostly like when they're away from the house, I think they clearly wanted to, to really have the, the house is a character. It has its own atmosphere. It has its own yep. palette. It has its own look, its own sound design. Everything in the house is spooky and darker and the colors are, are desaturated and all that stuff. But when you go outside, it's like, especially if you go away from the house, because they do leave the house and go into town a few times and where you start, it's like, oh my God, Technicolor barf everywhere. Like everything is mm-hmm. just saturated. It does color, feel like a color to the max, Ooh, like, yeah. you know, um, and uh, the, the music is just so jarringly different. Um, but I think, you know, it's, it's intentional, you know, they, they specifically wanted you to feel happy and safe outside the house. And then when you get there, it's oppressive and it's, it's like uneasy the whole time, but, Truly, some of the gore in this movie is truly shocking. And yeah, and also <laughs> the special effects are truly impressive. So th- there's a lot about this that is not typical for a Japanese movie. It, we've already talked about it's a, it's it's a haunted house movie. Okay, that in and of itself truly mm-hmm. is does different. It's yeah, not it a typical out. genre that they would have tackled. Um also um don't generally get too gory in uh japanese horror flicks especially back then i think now like you know we we were familiar with like the ring and the grudge and you know uh or juan or i mean it's not japanese though but I, we think like korean like korean horror is just so incredibly intense very, very intense and yep. so gory and we sort of lump it all together and it's important to realize it's not the same very different countries the, the japanese horror 
is it was never like that. It never had those those elements. And um, and this movie just pushes the envelope in certain scenes. And you're right. Like sometimes it's just something like you just like, wow, there's a jarring uh, puppet that you just don't want to look at. Um, you know, there's a baby and the baby is is very convincing to the point of I'm not quite sure what they did. Is it a puppet? Is it a baby in makeup? It's like, no, it's got to be a puppet, but it looks good enough that I'm wondering. And um, then there's, you know, other scenes that are whole sequences of like this guy. There's one sequence where this guy uh, literally uh, decomposes. He burns and he just the meat falls off his bones. And it's like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom or no, I should. No, not Temple of Doom. Um, the first one. It, last cru- uh, Yeah. Oh, my God. It's, it's What's the first one? Raiders. No, the of the Lost Raiders. Ark. Raiders. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm on a freaking nostalgia podcast and i can't think of raiders of the lost ark <laughs> the last crusade is that the first one i can't recall I think no, it's yeah, so, Skull. yeah the end of raiders when you know the like the nazis are melting and stuff like yeah. it's it's stuff that's evocative of that and it really is like i want to say better done like i don't know how they did it but and it just keeps going and going and the sequence is like how is this not over it just keeps going and you know, yeah, sure, his, his skin melts off, but it just keeps going and going and going until there's just nothing left. And honestly, the amount of different effects they must have tried out and employed to get the whole sequence to work, it must be insane. And mm-hmm. all that stuff is stuff you never see. So, you know, think of Japanese monsters. They're always big suits. Like this movie does a lot of other stuff. It, there's no big suits that I could see. There's puppetry. There's a lot of different uh, makeup effects. There's a lot of stuff that is very unnerving and very creepy and shot really well. And um, I mean, this movie has a boss. This movie has a big boss at the end. It, it does. And, and, she, and she has a few forms. Like, you know, it, it's really very video gamey. And uh, man, is she awesome. I mean, I, oh. I want to put the final boss of Sweet Home against the final boss of poltergeist (laughs) you know that big white ghost demon that you see at the end of poltergeist yeah like that is that's the fight i want to see and they're both poltergeists really yeah yeah awesome 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 stuff very different such a movie that i feel like should be seen and should be known better and it's such a bummer that uh it's never gotten a proper release but like I said, it's online. It's on YouTube. Go yeah. see it. Go, go see, see it. Go, go see Sweet Home. Go watch Sweet Home. And uh, actually, while we've been talking, I, I also discovered that just to add extra confusion to all this matter, there is yet another horror movie that came out in 2016. That was an indie horror movie called Sweet Home that oh, was apparently created by the folks who made that very good horror movie, Wreck. Um, oh, Okay. I don't know if it's the original or if it was the American redo of Wreck, but uh, yeah. So Sweet Home 1989 is the one that you're looking for, you know, just to. Oh, so uh, specific. 2016. So it was, it was, it's a Kosovan film from Kosovo. Kosovo. That's different. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's called, it's called Sweet Home. Oh, I guess people... it's Home Sweet Home. Is what that one's called. Mm-mm. Well, so then there's a. I think the there... tagline is "Home Sweet Home." Interesting. Well, hey, I don't even know. <laughs> it's that it's is crazy. that is the 
an, that is the the origin of the title in our our sweet home the japanese 1989 one it does uh Early in the movie, it does uh, zoom into one of the frescoes, uh, not one of the frescas, mm-hmm. but a fresco, and uh, it says Home Sweet Home written in English. Um, and it's interesting as well, just like home, just like the, the movie House I mentioned, uh, the English title is the official Japanese title. This movie is literally called Suitu Homu. It's Sweet Home. It's just it's just simply the way that they would pronounce the word sweet home. It's sweet home. Yep. And same with house. House is called house. Um, very, very different. Very interesting. Um, and I know when house came out, that was a uh, that, that, that was a point of contention with the Japanese film industry. They did not appreciate that. Like, why are you giving this an official? The, yeah, like the title is English, you know, English size name. Whatever. And they didn't like that at all. Um, but so that's another kind of. Yeah similarity between those two yeah for sure uh one other thing i want to mention about the movie before we mostly over to the game yeah. uh, is that the the parts of the movie well okay I'll, I'll say it like this the movie has a very distinct good and powerful soundtrack that being said the parts of the movie that steve mentioned where everything switches and the color schemes totally technicolor and it's weird and they're not in the house anymore on the one hand yeah it's cool that they really make the outside of the house feel like such a different world and the inside sucks so much of the life away. Mm-hmm. But uh, the music that accompanies these outside sections is very like weirdly Disney cartoon jovial, like it's just like so happy go lucky trotting through the streets of this, you know, adorable village. It's like, what the fuck? It's weird, um, it but I wanted to look at the composer. Uh, he's a man by the name of Masaya Matsuda, and uh, he actually really is not known for doing movies at all. Um, he, the only other uh, f- like film or sort of, a so I, I don't even think it is a film. I think it's just a solo album. I think Sweet Home might be the only movie that this guy has has done the soundtrack for. Interesting, um, but. Being a Japanese composer, he has worked uh, quite a bit in in video games, and this is you know always my my fun thing to add is is what weird thing did this person also write the music for? Uh, so the guy who did the music for Sweet Home also wrote the music for Parappa the Rapper. No way. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Parappa that, the Rapper in Um that Jammer is so Lammy. weird. Very fucking weird. Um. Actually, a, a number of other uh, games, including some Tamagotchi titles and uh, Vib Vib Ribbon, and, and I don't know some some other uh, rhythm games and things like that. So all you know, a lot of music focused games. But Parappa the Rapper and Um Jammer Lammy are games that, like, I feel like a shit ton of people know. Yeah, um, those yeah. games were never my thing, but man, they have their following. Uh, punch kick 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 uh i don't know it's uh it's pretty wacky but anyway that that's a that's a little tidbit there very uh, so, interesting so what are you thinking you want to you want to dive into the yeah, game do okay. it all right cool uh yeah so the 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 game is also called sweet home uh this is a you know like we said considered the the originator of survival horror and i think I think the best way to kind of unpack that is, you know, the the 
premise of the game is very much similar as what's in the movie. The idea is that they come into this house on, you know, a, a, a film crew, or whatever, here to preserve all these paintings, all these mm-hmm. frescoes. Yeah, pretty similar. And pretty similar. And uh, the game is presented like a role-playing game. Um, yeah, turn-based. It is, it's, it's like a like a turn-based role-playing game similar <clears throat> to original Dragon Warrior, Dragon yeah. Quest, Final Fantasy, that kind of style. And this an did come out view. before the original Final Fantasy, I believe. Or at oh, least before the Final see. Fantasy was released here. I think okay. before the before the original... I think the original Final Fantasy was out, but it didn't come here yet. But the battles, yeah, you're right. It's more like a Dragon Warrior. So the the... The battles are like first person. You see the enemy and it's facing us. We don't see our characters on screen when they're in the battle mode. According to, uh, yeah, 1987 was when the first Final Fantasy came out. So two years before this uh, in Japan, you know, so that's that's the same market. I couldn't find when it was brought here, but I had read it. It came to America in 1990. Okay. So that's what I thought. So yeah, it, so that was one reason why I had read that perhaps uh, it, it, the game never came here. It's, RPGs really weren't that big in America. Mm, right. So it's an RPG, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it does a lot to kind of like avoid the traps that RPGs have. So, I mean, let's just, let's just kind of, uh, you know, paint this picture here. Right. So we're, we're talking about survival horror. Okay. Yeah. What that means is there's usually, you know, impending doom or danger throughout a game that's not just in the form of enemies that you can easily kill. This game does have enemies that you run into in random encounters and you fight them, you gain experience points, you level up, your characters get stronger. Uh, But there's also permanent danger all throughout the game. It's not necessarily in the form of these enemies. None of the enemies in the game are actually very hard. Uh, But where the survival horror comes into play is enemies can inflict statuses that will either freeze a character in place and force you to switch characters who all you can control separately. You can team them up into groups of at at most three, but you can move them all independently throughout the house to do different things. And if one of the characters gets caught off guard, gets poisoned or gets cursed they're going to be stuck they're going to be locked in place uh if they're cursed they can just get stuck if they're poisoned if you take too long to rescue them they will die forever Mm -hmm. uh and there are also other traps and things around like there are bottomless pits there's boulders there's certain things that'll just cause you a little bit of damage but there's other things like quicksand and the bottomless pits and other things that will kill the characters permanently and you if if a character dies the other characters in the game can go to where they died and pick up their belongings because some of it is stuff that you absolutely need to beat the game and carry on forward and so you know the game allows you to save your game anywhere you want you can just hit pause and hit save and you can completely play the game that way uh, so you can always just, you know, go back to a previous save and avoid anything awful that happened. But you're constantly dealing with these things that have bigger consequences. It's not just, oh, go back to the inn and rest and your guys are all alive again. Um, you know, so you can't you can't do that. So that gives it that survival 
horror. You have mm-hmm. to avoid all these dangerous things. And there's actually spirits too that'll fly around and they will kidnap your characters and bring them to random parts of the house which sometimes can be horribly difficult to get out of because you don't have the right items or uh you don't even know how they connect to other places because you've never been here before right uh so it's very disorienting yeah item management is a big thing with this game and i think that there probably wasn't a game before this where that was even a thing where it was this much of a thing yeah i I can't i can't imagine at that point um because of pc games i don't know know? i don't know but yeah because it doesn't what it doesn't share with modern what we think of as the modern day survival horror genre is the limited um like healing items and that kind of stuff like Resident Evil limits your saves, it limits your, well, at least your, at least your the old herbs. ones did, yeah, and your, your herbs and stuff like that. And you yep, really had to, really had to, yeah, and your ammo, right? So you had to manage those items. And this, it's different. The items you have to manage are things that let you traverse the world, like you said. Mm-hmm. But um, like for instance, there um, there are a finite amount of logs. You know, it's big, it's heavy, it's wood. What rolls downstairs alone or in pairs? It's log is what it is. Your neighbor's dog. It does that too. And you pick them up and you put them in your inventory. But every character, there's five characters. Every character only has three slots in their inventory plus another slot exclusively for a weapon. And then they have their permanent um, item that is their own key item as well. And that takes up its own spot. So there are three you can play with for each of the five characters. So like you said, if you need to, you know, you, you get one of the ghosts blows your one character into a random part of the house mm-hmm. and you need, <clears throat> you know, a rope to get back across this chasm, but you don't have it, then you're screwed. But yeah, right. the uh, the log, you pick up the log and you can make bridges with it. So sometimes you're like, well, and once I'm not, you put one down, it stays there. It's permanent. Yeah. So so like a situation that might happen is you're like, well, I really don't want to put down the fire extinguisher because that puts out fire and there there are fire traps in the, in this area. So I want to make sure I have that. And then you're like, oh, but I also can't put down this key because I, got, I need to keep opening doors. And and I also need this uh, this torch because or the flashlight because there's dark rooms, whatever. But but you need a log. So you're like, okay, well, I need the log to get across because there's a spot to put it over there. So I have to leave one of my items here and then swap it for the log, go make the bridge, come back, get that thing again. And then there there are other things like uh, there's a mallet that you the only purpose of the mallet is to smash mirrors. And there's a small amount of mirrors in the game. And most of them you can smash and nothing happens. Once in a while, an enemy will come out of one, but it's not a big deal. It's just a random encounter enemy type. It's not, not like no big whoop. Um, but like there are like a couple of mirrors that's like, oh no, you absolutely need to smash that mirror so you can go through it. I think there's two. So that is the sort of stuff where you're trying things and you got to remember sometimes you're like, I haven't needed a mallet mm-hmm. in a dog's age. All I right. do not even remember where I put it down. And you're constantly dealing with, I can only hold two items. So you're like, okay, I'm at a point. I, I can probably just switch this mallet for something more useful. And then sure as shit. Yeah. You know, if you can remember where later, the hell you put it, you're like, fuck, I need the mallet again. Right. I don't remember where the heck it is. I've been so many. But it's going to be wherever you left it. 
every single item, even ones that you just put down and they're just in the, on the floor in the middle of the room. That's where you put it. That's where it stays forever. So that's really cool. It really forces you to learn the map and the map is not the biggest, but it's also not small. Um, I think it's a fairly decent size. And, uh, you know, I think you were better at uh, better at it than me. So we we played this game together from start to finish. It took us three different sits before we beat it. And uh, sits to sweet home. Yeah. Uh, And and hey, we've done a lot of these video game episodes where we reviewed various various games, Crystallis and and Fazanadu and Willow and um lots of other ones uh clash of demon head we don't always like them right and i would say battle of olympus i i would say we like them less <laughs> less of the time we mostly <laughs> don't like them yeah. um the ones that we've tried we've tried specifically games we never played and always kind of wanted to or they were ones that we've heard about a lot um and some people love and we're not sure but whatever we'll just try and uh what what did we think of this game, Mr. Eight Bit? What do we think? Do we is uh, it thumbs up, thumbs thumbs down? What do we what do we think? I mean, I I definitely give it a thumbs up. You know, I think that where this game got frustrating toward the end, uh, I mean, at that point we had played so much of the game, yeah, without needing any help with with just being able to kind of go through it and figure it out. That mm-hmm. I think that that growth and and by that point in the game with with things being hard to figure out like it kind of felt okay it was like yeah i'm probably it's not, not gonna as this bad out. as it's some of the other ones. as bad yep and <clears throat> there the are certain games does... we played that it's like are you kidding me right like i never i was never mad at this game in the way i was mad at crystallis or fazanadu nope, nope. i was never mad does it has secrets. It has certain items mm-hmm. and certain things that are helpful that are hidden, but that just adds to the exploration. That just makes it fun. Yep. Those aren't necessary. The end of the game is very tricky. There's a very specific sequence of items you got to have, which the, the final game tells boss, you yeah. about. And there's, you know, there's items that you have to remember where you put them and all this other stuff. And yep. that can be, could, could may have well been the stopping point of the game, if not for some help from online guides and stuff. But I would say that that's probably the last hour of the game. And, you know, that might be a a really big negative for a lot of folks, but I feel like we had so much fun and played through so much of the game without needing a a huge hand. Uh, And so that to me made the game just very fun, very playable, Mm -hmm. constantly, you know, impressed with the graphics. The, The spookiness factor is definitely there. I mean, people always cite, Splatterhouse for having like some of the most graphic horror imagery in video gaming, and that's true. Yeah, um, but you know, this game also is no slouch, and a oh lot of the God. enemies are really, you know, really graphic, really, you know, mm-hmm. gross and just crazy looking. Um, you know, some of them are more tame, some of them are bats, you know, some of them is like up right, but, like half a zombie eternally puking. You know, it's like oh right. Well, there there are there, there's legitimate blood and gore in this game as well, uh, yep. especially in the sequence that um, was the video games version of uh, the special effects sequence I mentioned earlier in the movie yep. where the guy's yep. skin just literally raiders of the lost arcs off his body. Oh, yeah. And uh, you know, that happens in this game and it honestly doesn't pull any punches. I Ooh. mean, it's, it's nuts. I would say, I and mean, we were, we were both saying it's like 
exploding Hitler head at the end of Bionic Commando, and then this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty oh, much yeah. the most insane. I cannot believe it's actually in an NES game. Yep, scene. Hundred percent. And then this, uh, followed by the side boob in uh, Battle of Olympus. There's some. There's some good. Some good side boob in that. There's some frontal like boob too. Boob. Yeah, I like that side boob. It's on the snake. It's on Lamia. She's yeah. kind of a Lamia. Yeah, she's lame, yeah, I but, like but it. But she's got a good side boob. But yeah, crazy stuff. Really fun. I definitely would give this a thumbs up for sure. Yeah. As well. Um, I, the, the frustrating parts for me weren't even what you said. It wasn't even like, there's always esoterica. There's always shit that you're like, are you yep. kidding me? Yeah. It's just, it's just how it is. But as, what kills me with old NES RPGs like Dragon Warrior like ambitious and, uh, NES games that yeah. have like two, like so many systems going on. I I hate the encounters in a lot of those. It's like it's like they're they're on overdrives. They're, I had played this game uh, that I had never even heard of in in my youth. I don't think it was ever released here either. But there was no. like a there was a uh, an English patch or whatever on the NES Mini. Uh, that we had or some some we downloaded the yeah, wrong but yeah. lagrange point this game lagrange point so this is like a similar type of uh first person battle system nes rpg and you know i had fun with it um it has its positives we're not here to talk about it so i won't go too far into it but like basically it it reminded me why i hated nes rpgs like dragon warrior it, it just it's like you go if you go three steps without a battle that's pretty standard if you go four it's like pretty amazingly good if you go five it's a fucking miracle right so traversing all of the areas it just becomes a slog it just becomes this not fun experience and that game had other things that made it not fun because the more you battled, uh, the the worse you got at it. It was this weird system that that game had where you would use up these like energy points and you couldn't refill them unless you had items or you went back to a town. So you're like, okay, but I need to explore. You want me to explore, right? You want me and to you're explore. punishing me for exploring because it's just it's not fun. It's terrible. There's I can't yep. walk more than three steps most of the time, and this place is enormous. So with this game, I didn't get that. I I. A very rare instance of not being like hyperactive battle system, like right. enemy sweet, encounters. Sweet home balance really encounters so well. Yeah, it really was never a problem. So that is just awesome. Uh, I didn't like the way that they now, and I and I totally understand it's it's NES. Okay, so hardware limitations. I I do understand that. Um, but I'll just mention it. So you have the five characters. Now you could group them any way you wanted to. We always group them in two groups. Uh, and, and and sometimes we'd mix up like who was in what group or whatever for various reasons of the time. But, um, you know, you're basically choosing like the, the people who have the key items. And there's yep. one main item. There's one way, the main character of the movie. Uh, what was her name? Emmy. Kimiko? Oh, no. oh. No, Cal- oh. Uh, it's like Akiko. Akiko. I was thinking Akuko. Akiko. She was, she's like um, the best character in the game because her her item is healing. Um, so you but need not her. Health. 
Right. No, she not health, she just she status. She doesn't kill your HP, but she cures she statuses, status elements. So which any, are some of the most debilitating things. Right, in the exactly. You can be, like you said, you can be frozen in place forever. So she is like really important. There's another character who has a skeleton key and she can open most of the doors in the game. Uh, there's only a couple other keys that you really even get. It's really yeah. most of them are just her. Yeah. So, so, you know, you kind of get used to who you like having it in your two parties or whatever. Um, but the, the way it works is you, you have to go through menus to essentially like ask characters to join with other characters and they say yes. And it's very clunky. And once you have it all set up, it's kind of fine until an enemy knocks one of your guys out or until you need to like, regroup your guys and you're like oh shit i really need the guy with a key to go with it or you need it's like the frescoes the frescoes are just like in the movie and there's yep, a scene so in the movie it's... where they actually have one of the characters vacuuming off the dust yep, so they, they actually put that they put in that in the here. game so yeah one of the characters she has her key item is a vacuum and she can um she's almost useless but you need her because there's some spots that have glass on the ground so she can vacuum those up and they won't hurt you anymore uh and that's permanent obviously and she can when you find the frescoes which are throughout the game um she can vacuum some of them some of them require um a vacuum they're a little too dusty um but you know, so some, so you'll be like, oh crap, I need her to go in with this. So let's redo all the teams, and it's just it's just clunky, and it's I found it to be very frustrating. And every time I needed yeah, to do it, I was like, oh god, it's going to take me freaking five minutes to do this. Um, so that was just like you know, I get it. It's it's the NES. It was very ambitious, and uh, you know what it reminds me of is is Maniac Mansion. Maniac Mansion, totally different style of game. But you would choose like three characters and um, you couldn't have them go in groups per se. But, you know, the character deaths were permanent and yep. each character had their own little thing that they could do. And uh, with that game, that was extra, extra weird because you only chose three characters, but it was like out of six or seven characters. So there are, you know, you got it's like, did you choose the right? like characters like to you know yeah like that's what i always felt like i don't i never know who to pick i would choose like the ones that i thought looked the coolest or whatever i guess and then like you start to learn who can do what but it's like in this game at least you can you start with all five characters so you can do everything yep um that's a lot of characters to control and it is and you know what you should talk about is the um when you enter into a battle you can call the other the other team that's super oh, different yeah so yeah, that's super that, cool. That's I, lo I love this. So basically, you know, like we said already, you have five characters and the parties that you can make can only be a maximum of three big. So most of the time what you do is you figure out the three characters that are, you know, the most useful for you and you are walking around as a group of three and then you have a group of two, you know, waiting in the wings sure. doing doing whatever. Uh, but when you enter a battle you're only fighting with the team that you're currently controlling. So, right. you know, that's only two or three characters and they're, you know, you have less people to, to attack. You have less, you know, to deal damage. You have less people getting experience points when you win the fight. And, uh, and so, you know, what the game does is it actually has an ability during the battles where you can call or, you know, kind of think of it as like shouting to the other party. And what it'll do is it'll actually, hop you out of the battle it'll still keep the battle music going and you'll actually start controlling 
the person that you call to and you can run that other team all the way to where the current party is in battle and they will join the fight and mm -hmm. so you can actually have <clears throat> your full group of five people right. doing battle you just have to do a little bit of legwork to do it and it can't be too far apart cool system if they're right. if, if they're too, they far, too apart, far apart, it, it, there is a limit in the time, time that they give you. I'm you not sure. If, is again. It, did you ever get get a sense of it was was it either time or was it number of steps you can take? I wasn't ever quite sure. That's a good question. Uh, I, my guess is it's probably number of steps because that's probably just easier to program. But I really don't know. Hmm. Um, but yeah, you you know if if they were too far away and you're running to get to them, or you you know screw up and you're like, oh shit, this party doesn't have the rope to cross this gap anyway. I can't do anything. Uh, then you know it'll just kind of it'll switch back to the main fight screen, and uh, you can call them again if mm -hmm. you didn't have enough time to do it. But it's a it's a really cool way to to kind of have these characters need to be apart but able to work together. Uh, and I thought it was fun. I didn't at any point feel like it was it was frustrating at all. Um, but yeah, definitely like the the menuing is frustrating and the item management is frustrating. I think uh, uh, another secret item that would have been insanely awesome is like a backpack or something that allowed a character to permanently have more inventory spots. Mm -hmm. You know, you you wouldn't necessarily yeah. equip it it wouldn't be in their inventory you would just find it if it was like a secret and it would like upgrade your that would be a great secret item yeah there were like you did mention the secrets there are like a few really neat secret items really that are ones. just hidden they're just yeah. you can't like you can't even see them on the screen you have to like essentially yep. search where there looks to be nothing and yeah, it, it will it say like something text. It has like a text adventure kind of control, like you're saying with me. Right, Mansion, right. Where like you, right. you walk up to something, you hit a button and it pops up and you have the choice of party to, you know, manage, you know, you know, just look at your character stats. You can go to items. You can talk to whomever's in front of you. You can go to team, which is the awkward control where you basically are joining and separating from parties only using the perspective of the character you're controlling. So you have to keep switching who you're controlling and then going and saying, I want to be in your team that can be clunky there's also a look command which is what you have to use and what that generally does is it will you know sometimes there's scenes where it'll actually totally shift to a different graphic um, but other times if you're facing an item and you hit look it'll just exactly write the name of whatever this item is it'll just say you know mallet or rope whatever uh but if you're really you know if you scour the house and look at a bunch of places and you know some are you know, maybe a little bit conspicuous, but a lot of them aren't, uh, you, you know, you'll hit use the look command and rather than it saying there's nothing there, it'll actually just say the item of something in front of you. Uh, and then it's up to you to go to your inventory and actually pick the thing up. And uh, that's like a really, really crazy, but, but cool way to hide items because you can't see them. And it kind of encourages you to check everywhere for stuff. If you really want to, to look for everything, it's not, necessary at all you know don't don't boot up this game and just start hitting the look command everywhere possible you won't have a good time but it's neat that they made them totally hidden to the eye until you you know pick them up and then drop them again it's it's neat um but yeah i think uh i think that there's probably going to be you know people who are going to pick up this game and try and play it and and you know get the feeling of of what like the first survival horror game is uh but uh i think 
one of the other things that we didn't get to mention is that there are there are weapons. You do find different weapons throughout the game. You can equip them to your characters. They do different amounts of damage. Some of them have you know really high damage, but they they don't. Uh, they, they can also have really low damage. So you're trying to you know just figure out which one works the best for you. Uh, you can also use an ability in battle called praying, which uses magic points. Essentially, is the, the prey points. Uh, they act like magic, and the way it works is when you hit the prey, there's a gauge that swings left and right. It like fills up and, and goes down, back and forth, and you have to hit the button to time the button press when the when the bar is as full as possible so that way you use the most prey points and you deal the most damage and and that is a great way of dealing with difficult enemies up front uh if your weapons are not doing super great you can use the prey ability but also praying is a solution to puzzles uh which is definitely something i think is a good hint for this game is sometimes you will have the right item and you will go to the right place and you'll put everything where it needs to go and nothing will happen and it's purely because you didn't it's pray. like what do i what's left to do okay i'll pray to god i'll pray to god yep. this works it's pray like god, it yep works. that works yep yep and and that's what you got to do sometimes and that could feel like bullshit the first time you don't realize it but also the way that the game is when you're in these investigation scenes where you kind of like zoom in close on something, there's only so many things you can choose. You can use an item, you can look, you can pray, or you can leave. So chances are that the average player is going to try praying anyway. It's just a it's a matter of whether or not they try it. I don't know. Times when the I don't know, happens. man. Like there, there were times that we tried it and I was like, ah, I, there were some times where I'm like, I really don't think this is going to work. This is stupid. And it, and it worked. And then you sort of learn that it's a thing to do. Yeah. But it's, it, it's, it's not so clear what praying even does. It, it's and not. Not early from in the game. game it's, it's like it's something that you do in a battle. Mm-hmm. That's it. And then right. other yeah. times. Oh, yeah. And it's like then later you you learn you can do it in other times. And it's just I don't know. I think it's I think it's weird. I kind of wish it was a little bit defined. But, well, I mean, we manage. So, yeah, people will manage. Yeah, I mean you'll 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 figure it out, and uh, and it's possible that you might use the prey attack, and you don't use quite enough points or whatever, and then maybe you wouldn't even try it again or something. But you know, just swing for the bleachers. Try to you know when you're going to use the prey, try and have it be at the 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 highest uh, level yeah. that it's going to be at, and it it won't be too much of an issue. Um, you know, I I feel like the the way that the game kind of lends itself to to what is available to you. It's it's not too much of a logic jump, but the thing that makes it tough is knowing what items to keep and what items to get rid of, you know, and there's a certain part in the game where like earlier you found candles and then later in the game you find blue candles and I was like, well, I don't really use the candle. I don't want a different candle. I don't want a, a, a better candle. I don't care. You know, I don't I don't run into rooms that are that dark that often. So I just left them all over the place. And then it turns out that you find a section of the game where the blue candles are key items and you need to collect all three of them and bring them to a specific spot. Now, that, on the one hand, could feel like bullshit, but I don't think it does feel like bullshit. I think what it feels like is the game lengthening itself by saying, I know you're not going to think this candle is important. 
I know that you probably have weapons and rope and a medical kit and other shit that you'd rather hang on to. So I am pretty confident that the average player is not going to see this candle and hang on to it. They're going to just walk past it. But later in the game, when you find the frescoes that, uh, you know, the right fresco, because one of the things you haven't said is that you can vacuum off the frescoes and take a photo of them in order for them to show you a hint. And sometimes the right. hint is helpful, and sometimes it is just most of the purely time. like whatever flavor text. Yeah. And that that unfortunately is most of the frescoes. And it's kind of a pain in the ass because some of them are really hard to get to. So every time you see one, you're like, shit, okay, I got to do that. I got to take a picture of the fresco. Um, and that's part of the experience. You know, part of it is finding out what, what the frescoes say and the experience of vacuuming it and taking the picture. It's just, it's very, it's very cool. And it's very unique to this game and, and makes it connected to the movie. Um, but, you know, the game is lengthening itself by saying, okay, you're not going to find the fresco that tells you to collect the blue candles until way after you've seen the first one. So, yeah. you know, instances like that, are kind of like okay, the game's winking and being like, "I'm a, I'm a pain in the ass, aren't I?" Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and you know, it's kind of uh, like, kinda yeah, that is the case. But, well, but as you play this game for the first time, you're learning so many things about how to do things the right way that mm-hmm. I also feel like this game is kind of also going, "Come on, play it another time. You'll probably be able to cruise through this and feel like a badass because you know where everything is." And I do feel like. This is a game where, like, once you kind of know where to go and what to do, you could probably beat it really friggin' fast. <clears throat> um, but you know, the the fun of it for the first time playing is all the all the exploring and figuring everything out. Right. And so I, you know, I, I think yeah. that that to me doesn't feel like and it's such it's ex- crap. It's exploration it that's not constantly punished. So it, yeah. it actually is fun. <clears throat> yeah, I I I think so. I I really enjoyed this game. Me too. I I would say I I think we've kind of covered both, and I I, I sort of like I sort of feel like guys like if you're interested in like the history of stuff, uh, and you're not put off by old old games and old movies and stuff like that. Not that 1989 is that old, but um, right. please please check out these movies and the movie and the game both. I mean you can I mean you gotta have to download sweet home for the nes yourself and uh maybe f- find one that's patched so you can actually if you don't speak japanese you can yep. actually play the thing but uh those that is out there that is out there you can find it yourself and uh like i said sweet home uh just type in sweet home 1989 um it's on youtube there's a few yeah. channels that actually have it and the print is actually not bad and uh you will have yourself a good time if you it like really old will. old dark house movies, haunted house movies, this is uh this really truly is a diamond in the rough. Both the game and the movie are great. I wish this uh property was better known for itself rather than simply being the progenitor of Resident Evil, which mm-hmm. uh not even then, not everybody knows that. But um, right. I think that that is sort of like the footnote. That's like well. You know, oh yeah, sweet home. It's that the game that inspired Resident Evil. Like that's maybe what they know. Um, it's a great game and it's a great movie. Great. That it is. I that it is. I think we summed it up and we set it here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll, we'll cool. wrap this little shindig up. Thanks for uh, coming along on this ride with me, my man. Cool. 
Uh, you're very welcome. Nintendo is actually, he wanted to be on tonight. And at the last minute, he had something else he, he had to do, but he didn't, he didn't experience either one. He was just going to throw dick jokes around anyway. So, right. Um, Bouncing rubber dick jokes, yeah. which, you know, we're, we're all for. So, yeah, yeah. For, I mean, for Nintendo, I will mention that there is a, uh, there's an item that it's very strange looking item in the game. It is uh, in the translation we had, it's called a tool, which is really just mm. insanely not helpful. Um, it does look like it's made of balls and a shaft. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. Doesn't it? It does. Now in the movie, that is, it is in the movie. The thing it's it called in the movie, it's called the amulet, which is, I mean, you think of very uh, amulet movie. being a pendant, but of course, that's not actually correct. I mean, an amulet can be anything. Um, a pendant can be an amulet, sure, but um, it's just a talisman. It's just a thing, a thing that has protection, that has powers. But it's, um, yeah, it looks a little different. It's basically, you see, it's like, oh, yeah, it's got the shaft, but the balls are kind of like the heads of figures that are on the thing. It's like way cooler looking. Yeah, it is. Um, and stuff but uh it's kind of funny but yeah no in the game it's balls and shaft and it's more than two balls too it's one shaft with like i don't know four three or four balls on that oh, shaft yeah, it's, it's covered so, it is it is well. so good coverage. Uh, yeah good good ball to shaft coverage on that on that tool um and it's called the tool which is also kind of a dick joke so that's kind of funny um that, that is true yeah yeah it's, it's so, all over i just wanted so to get that in for, really... for our buddy nintendo <clears throat> you could have been all over that, man. Uh-huh. But hey, you know what? You got to do, you got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. All right. Yeah. Nice. Thank you all, Retroids, for coming along on this journey and listening to us jibber jab about Sweet Home. We yeah. hope that you enjoyed it and had a good time. Uh, once again, Retroid Octopus is a member of the Dorkening and Eddie Barrett Podcast Networks. We are brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee and all that jazz so uh i have been your host 8-bit alchemy and we will see you guys all next time